This is Idiot Mystic, and I'm with Dave Pantano. Um, hi, Dave. Hi, Hyder. Nice to see you, man. It's always great to be in your company. You, you too. I, I feel like, I, I honestly, I feel like this is a a great place to start because I couldn't start on time, and then the thoughts associated with not beginning on time popped up in my head about why time is the way it is, why maybe I couldn't start there when I needed to or wanted to. So I guess in terms of um, in terms of honesty, I guess recently someone said something to me that um, on these episodes that we record, um, honesty is a privilege that only some people can exercise who can say whatever they want without fear of consequence from the their their world at large so i guess since we're just coming into it like this a little late and i'm trying to be authentic or honest or whatever that word means but i guess how do you feel about that is it possible for me to be authentic right now or is this is it impossible given the the circumstance like am i only sharing what i can share or is this yeah i mean we in we all have a public persona which is a mask within a mask and and clearly you're feeling um some some form of guilt or some form of 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 contrition in terms of being late and um you know it's not a big deal i i i acknowledge your your the gratitude that you want to share in terms of feeling sorry for it but that's that's how life is, man. And that's I think, and as you alluded to earlier, Hyder, it, it provides food for this for this banquet we're going to talk about um, uh, on the urban mystic or on the urban magus. And time time is uh, time is out of mind is a Bob Dylan album um, is entitled. So it's what we're going to talk about is is to reach certain states where we can access a, a, a state that's outside of time and to bring that and bring those qualities and those energies into the matrix or into the context of a time space causal dimension. So it's all part and parcel of what we're talking about. Um, and I think it's a good interlude. It's, it's sort of like, you know, we're starting this, this podcast in terms of, dealing with the challenges that we face in modern society. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and everything, everything encapsulates down into time, space, and caus causality. We want to do something and something else happens. We want to do it at a certain time and we can't. So all these limitations that are put onto us because of the context that we're living with. We, we, we live in a, in a, in a, in a hemisphere on an earth that has very um, limited room for, for adaptability, for transformation. 
the laws of gravity are such that they're, they're really very limits in terms of what we can do, given the parameters we have to work within. So I think what we're going to talk about this discussion is terms of given that we are, we're living in a in this type of context that um, effective change and transformation is limited within the powers of the individual. What can we do to make a difference? What kind of incremental powers that we can bring to bear in this life equation to be able to, to change some of these things and, and work it into our advantage? So I'll leave that um, at that point. I'll leave this that um, statement to end the first this this opening component, but I just wanted to put everything in context. Yeah. It all fits in with the greater scheme of things. Um, it, so as you were explaining that to me, I found I find myself like, I guess we're on one frequency because I'm listening to and I've I've been listening to you for a little bit and I read and we've read some books and we've talked about it, but I guess. Uh, I had a few listener questions that tend that seem to be around the same. Uh, they were all in the same vein, and it was kind of funny. Um, and I feel like you'll be amused. Some of them, they all, they the spectrum is pretty broad, but you can tell that they all are. Uh, the core is the same thing. Um, so someone asked if you've worked for uh were you, if you were in the military before someone asked if you've worked in intelligence another person uh, and i said what do you mean what's going on and they said well how did he come to this perspective like what was the and i and i kind of i guess i understand that maybe I guess the what I'm finding at the core of these questions is how did you come to this, not this exact realization, but this general way of thinking that's usually taught to us as being lofty or out of the like. Yeah. So I guess what, it, and you can be as vague as you need to or as detailed, but what what led you to like these these books exist and the translations exist and your uh your understanding of it also like evolves over time but where did this how did you come to find that your i'm now dave pantano who's writing these books whereas prior to writing them or prior to sharing the knowledge what was going on in your specific narrative okay yeah good so let me tackle the first two questions in terms of, of um, audience perception. No, I've never been part of the military and no, I've never been part of intelligence. But those are, and there I, I see them not as leading questions, but actually very relevant in the sense that the perception of what people partake me based on this external persona leads to certain conclusions, but internally it's different. And I think that's all part and parcel of being a magus is that you don't play your cards. You don't, you give a perspective in one way, but you're, you're actually above any type of, of labeling, any type of fixed ideas in terms of who you are. I don't use labels because they do confine. They do put a finite um, form into you and then you start believing your own bullshit. Um, so it's, uh, I'm I'm all of those things in the sense that I do believe um, 
as a hermeticist that the work I do is about intelligence. It's about applied intelligence, which is to me what the definition of, mag of magic is, is applied intelligence. And I do believe I have my spirit as a chivalrous experience, a, a chivalrous uh, spirit, which means it is a military, but it's not a military where I subject myself to other people's orders and other people's commands. It's very much self-propelled. Self so can, can that, I, sure, this, when you said that, it, it was resonating with me and I was understanding it, but it also sounds like there's a, fine line between being a, a magus and then thinking you're being a magus like it sounds like i could easily delude myself into thinking that like i'm above orders but actually i would still be taking orders by accident because it's easy for a human to well, get yeah and again I'm, let's be careful with the words we choose because um words have power and 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 um, so I never said I'm above orders. I'm That's just saying I'm not being, uh, I'm not subjecting myself into uh, a, a specific I, domain. We're yes. all, as I as alluded to earlier in my preamble, is we're all subjected to the laws of, of nature being in the three dimensions, right? So, so, so I guess, so, sorry, th thank you for re reframing that. So if if you're not subjecting yourself to orders let's say it sounds like a very like tempting like a tantalizing prospect for some people like even i'm like hmm i don't even know whose orders i'm taking but as soon as you said it it sounds very attractive so i guess do you think that that's something most humans can strive to do to put themselves in a place where they're not taking orders from another human that perhaps compromised them in some way? Yes, I, I would put in, a, I would phrase it in a different way. As, as I alluded to, as I mentioned earlier, Heider, we're all subjected to orders. It's, it's, um, and it's part of our task to, to be able to navigate our boat being ourselves into, into the waters that we want to, we want to sail in because you can't escape certain orders, certain laws that govern uh, animated, animated life and animated existence. So for those who say I'm, I'm, you know, above all laws, it's, that's a fallacy uh, if they're speaking to you in this three dimensions. However, it's our task, I believe, as, as conscious individuals to liberate ourselves from those those orders or those contexts, those situations that limit us, limit our growth. So whether it's work or whether it's some other type of social dy dyna dyna dynamic situation, leave that up to the individual. And does, can every, you said, do, can most people or can all people, um, you know, achieve that end? I don't think they can. They have the potential to, but most people are happy just to, to go with the flow. That's just the nature of not only humans, but of, of, of any uh, animate objects that follows this bell curve where most people are just go with the flow. It's those who are at the antipodal ends that, that are, would be probably more attuned to what I have to say, because that's sort of where, where I sit on this spectrum of things. So, so um, it, 
if most people are I guess it's it's just really interesting to me because I don't understand myself with uh, in terms of humans being naturally one way like let's say how we said like we have a tendency to go with the flow or uh, I don't know hive thinking however you want to look at it um, even for like from a evolutionary biology thing which seems to get a lot of uh, flack lately which I understand uh, I would sorry the question got confusing for me I don't even know where I'm at I, I guess I'm not understanding it if the the human uh, the, the, let's be right to the point most people don't have the capacity to be self-development uh, in in terms of, of navigating or mastering their lives, that they are more content to allow external factors to determine their fate in life. So, so is that so is that the natural is that the human condition and then alchemy or magic is something that a few like a select group of humans apply? and they go somewhere else and the general mass stays outside of magic well it's not i mean i see what you're getting and it's it's not seen from that perspective in the sense that every every individual has a has a potential to be able to be self-directed to be to be to have a freedom of will to make choices however society and not only human society but and, and as I mentioned earlier, most, you know, plants, animals, any of these animate these, we it falls into a bell curve because the level of consciousness is not able, is not at a level emancipated enough to be able to take control of those factors that could lead them to actually develop a course of life that's different to what society has prepared for them. So people are are most people humanity if we want to use that term are directed by external factors family societal mores uh, education economic capabilities that determines the the range of possibilities that they have in life however other individuals have a more who have worked on themselves and are more um are, are more centered on their consciousness and a consciousness that's not that's not solely built on social constructs or, or on the collective consciousness, but but truths that have, have been engendered uh, from the inside out, rather than things that are handed to individuals and they take it uh, at face value. Those individuals who have developed this this inner uh, light bulb to be able to discern and make decisions on themselves have a greater capacity to exercise their freedoms and to break the bonds that keep them um, structured or keep them limited into, into certain options to be able to, to have a more self-willed directed life than those who are uh, who don't have that level of consciousness. I, I feel like this is a good place to, we can go into the next part of that beginning question, which was, so you weren't exactly in the military and you weren't in, in, you weren't in an intelligence agency. So 
what were you doing prior to the point of, we wouldn't say the point of just like, we can call it the point of like beginning to like start this process or unravel information. How did we get there? So you're, you're messing with me, right? Wait. <laughs> Cause you said I'm in the military and intelligent. And no, no, no. I said you're not. I said sorry. Oh, Maybe man, I thought you. I thought I heard you no. said I were. I was. No. So, okay. I'm like so. So you're saying you're CIA then? I'm like for the for the. Sure. For the... It is sure. I'm CIA exactly. Combine both <laughs> military and intelligence. So you've outed me. So I guess there's not much further we can talk about. That that's basically. It seems like all the podcasts these days are like, "Hey guys, I'm a former CIA agent. Let's talk about Atlantis." I'm like, "What? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Where are these people coming from?" But I'm not saying they're not right. I'm just saying it's a little strange. Um, but but yes. So we've we covered that part. Um, but I guess before we get into the urban. Magis, I guess I was, we can, because where I guess we can get into a little bit about you to what degree you want to share it, like where you were when you got this information or started to realize things. Yeah, um, um, it's, it, it's, to use a Latin term, sui generis, it's, it's, uh, where did I get this knowledge or this, this understanding? It's basically from my vision of life in terms of how I interpret things and, and how I interpret how my position in, in these forces that um, are within and without me that shape my supposed destiny in, in ways that I don't particularly want to go to, what, I, what do I have within my capacity to actually to change the course of my life into ways that I want to lead it towards? So in it's not so much from reading books and so forth. Actually, I learn more from writing than I, than I do from reading. It's when you're writing and you when you're you 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 get onto certain tangents, um, certain um hypotheses that you're able to to come up with some of these gnosis, these states of consciousness that aren't ordinary states of consciousness, that you're you're revealing truths from, that come from the inside, from inside you from those those peak experiences rather than things that you've read and 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 that are second that are handed to you secondhand and you ingest in your mind and you hold as core beliefs. I think I have my greater progress in terms of coming to this vision and to this understanding of life through self-development, through working on myself and and understand try to understand where I am at uh, in this in this, you know, Three three dimensional world, what we call existence, and what can I do to ch make change in that? So, so when you describe this, were you coming at this desire from a from a perspective where someone had informed you about the potentials of human change and the ability for someone to bring about change, or were you coming from a perspective where you had no information about this and you had to gather it all yourself? Like for, I guess. Someone yeah. I get, I get where you're asking Eider. I would say somewhere in between. Um, so I, you know, I read books by Gurdjieff and Castaneda and Julius Ebola and a bunch of these other um, sapiens who had indicated, you know, you, 
you have the power to do all this stuff. But I always took it with a grain of salt or, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not the type of guy who reads things and just believes everything he reads. I'm sort of like have a very pessimistic, skeptical component to me. So I said, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's in theory, it sounds good. But in reality, can can you actually make any difference? But I think that created the that formed the 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 humus that formed the the environment in terms of that there is that possibility and just applying some of these laws some of these um knowledge that I was able to come up with in my understanding in terms of how you can surf this world and and come up standing and not being um and engulfed in a tidal wave as as a lot of people are um it's it's coming to those understandings just being aware of what you can do inside of you in terms of how you think your attitudes um, your your disciplines and how that can make a change in in the external factors so putting those two together in terms of um, these inner or these causes that come from a metaphysical basis to um, manifest them in the physical sense in terms of attitudes in terms of words in terms of behaviors in terms of actions and see understanding what what results those those inputs come from what those inputs resulted in or what they they actually achieved helped to develop in me an understanding a knowledge of some of these laws in terms of how you can apply metaphysics to get tangible outcomes um so it's it's very much a um inner capacity to go inside oneself to be able to see how you can uh, make a difference how you can impact change at an external level so it's 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 a meet, matching a meeting of the sort of like the energetic metaphysical component with very much the static physical component and seeing okay. how how the two interact and what what are the rules and what are the laws that that you can derive based on combining the two. So, and there was only one other kind of question from listeners about um, for you. And I think it's, it goes with what you're saying right now. So a, a few of the people said that, like it was about specific things you said and how that, that sounds like a good idea but they specifically said that their life doesn't seem calm enough to apply hermetic teachings to it. Like, and when I say calm enough, I said what, like I inquired as to what they meant. And what I understood was that the, the writing is very like, it's beautiful and poetic, but it's, uh, it's difficult to understand in terms of the pace of today's life like while their brain is being bombarded by all the things that they've done wrong and they want to alchemize some type of change, they're like, wait, this is making sense, but it sounds like magic from 9,000 years ago. So what do I? Yeah, so I no, it's actually, I, I actually respect that question. Um, the, the subtext of this discussion is the urban ma ma magus, you, you call you pronounce it magus, magus, Mag but it's, magus. I like the word magus. And the subtext is called being in this world, but not of this world. So of this world is this, this cyclonic 
you know, swirl of changes and it bombarded of images and forces and and challenges and, and so on and so forth. We we can escape that. Um, those who us are, who are alive and and are living in the in the urban jungle, but we we have within ourselves a capability to to actually separate that. So that's where one can be in this world, but not of this world. To be in this world means you're part of everyday society, but not to be of it. Of it, you can develop that sense of calmness, of that clarity of sight, that understanding of wisdom. Um, by not engaging, by not being attached emotionally and mentally to the external, external stimuli. And that requires work. That requires meditation. That requires me time. That requires cultivating the fruits of silence. There's a lot of things that you can do to develop that inner bulb, that inner light bulb, where you're not always reacting like a firefighter uh, to all these type of emergency calls but you can take things for what they are in their own sense. And then you, how you respond to them is based on that inner conditioning, that character building that you develop through these inner practices of hermeticism and alchemy. So that, let's say we were talking about and uh, someone who's 39 right now. What if we apply this question to someone who's 15 or 16 and at a time where they really could go in a positive direction for human development but they're I, I guess I'm wondering do you think and this is obviously a generalization but in an ideal world would it be a parent's job to give their children some type of tools to to battle the kind of outside noise and society like attachment to societal conditioning and opinion or is it the individual's job to go against the the flow that's dragging them into conformity yeah um i mean i can go based on my personal uh equation in terms of when i was 15 i you know i didn't rely on my on my parents or the teacher or the the policeman or the politician to guide how I wanted to live my life. It's not to say that um, I'm not open or wasn't open or that anyone shouldn't be open to taking advice, but ultimately you need, each individual needs to develop that own inner conscience, that own inner light bulb. So whether you do it at 15 or 50 or at 75, you have that responsibility to, to be a, cog a cognizant, uh, illuminated individual and not to be a, a cog, a bump on the log of society's um, wish for what they think you should be. You have and, those choice. And when you say that, it's, um, I got kind of a little too hyped up. I had to calm myself down. But what, if that isn't our purpose to be a, a cog in the wheel, then it, it seems like even, even when I'm talking to people about it and when I, when I started talking to you about authenticity, it seems like um, we are encouraged to be a cog and to be one of the best cogs is better than being something misshapen and that doesn't fit into the machine. So where does that, from a 
from a like an in an esoteric sense i guess in an older sense let's say 10,000 years ago do you think there was still this force on earth that was driving some humans to fit into a cog and then another force telling them hey break free like you can you yeah know. without a doubt it's that struggle between light and darkness um you know about going through life um illuminate self-illuminator going through life conditioned uh by by external factors um and it's not to say that everything that comes from the outside everything from the collective for the collectivity is bad you can learn the 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 true um, seeker. It is open to all uh, all inputs, open to all um, sources of light. But they they have the filter to determine what's true, what's uh, mind expanding versus what's bullshit and constricting of your mind. And and that's where it comes down to your own self education and your own self training is to be able to, to filter out what is going to lead you to that that path of of, of enlightenment and and of of survival of not only in this world but in the post mortem versus to be constricted in terms of your possibilities. So it's not a question of one against the other so much as developing your own as I when you ask me in terms of how did you come up with this knowledge is coming up with your own um uh, uh exegetic um which is a big word for understanding and that analyzing in terms of what it what are those truths what are those uh, vectors of light that take you to the path that you're destined to follow that you're destined to take versus those that other people have or that um, that will limit you, that will will constrict that you from, from taking that path, from advancing on that path. So that's where it really the crux comes down to, is that the, the, the true man or woman of light um, is open to all sources of, of, of knowledge and information, but in terms of what they, how they process it and how they use it, that's what that's where the the hermeticist is able to trans make the difference in transformation i have a side this is like a side question um have you ever heard of the exegesis jesus of philip k dick yeah okay should i let's put a pin in that so we can i would like to talk about that sometime but it, i feel like it's not i just i would like to get your take on that type of writing but i'm just putting the pin in that yeah i mean um i'm glad you brought i don't i'm not a i'm not totally immersed i i know of him i i don't think i've actually ever read a book of him of his but i'm i'm aware of the process he used which is some sort of like almost mediumistic in terms of that he's able to bifurcate his mind. And when I say bifurcate, it's sort of like his ordinary mind, the, the rational mind, he's able to put it aside and open up this antenna to, to receive all kinds of inspirations. And, and some of it come from entities that are not of this world. So you, you, you really, that, I feel like that one, you usually 
when you said it, I was literally, when you said that comes from, I was expecting something very prosaic. And then when, when you said that, I guess when you say entities from, from another world, are you, are we talking about like disembodied intelligence or are we, how do you feel about that? Since it Yeah, has... I think it's interdimensional in the sense that um, it comes from another, uh, another realm of, of, of reality than the, the three dimensions that we're, we're talking about, you and I at this moment. So again, I think that it's the works that he's done. Um, it's very, it's mediumistic in the sense that as a medium, he can channel the this type of inspiration, these type of clusters of energy, and they take a form. And I mean, he's he's obviously the filter. So the forms that um, the energies in itself are probably different than how he expresses them in the form he use he does in his books. But that's part of that interaction between this source of energy, the source of light, and this receptor of energy and receptor of light. There's an interplay, and that interplay creates its own set of uh, tools of reality. So we can either we should the the urban magus. We can we can discuss that term and going into it but there is kind of a an interesting direction that you're you're bringing up of non-human intelligences brought up but it's very current so do you want me to it's up to you you go to anywhere you want anywhere okay. you, to me it's all part and parcel of the urban magus Mergen, urban magus is about living inspired life and so it's about channeling and um receiving inspirations receiving energies and some of these things we you know as, as an individual we we have difficulty to 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 to, relevant, to to relate to because it's coming from a source we don't have a control over um so it's part of our it's part of our mission as these these embodiments of light to to make sense of it, to to be able to domesticate it, to be able to 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 use this the, the, these types of information along with the more mundane ones as well. So it's all part and parcel of the same game we're talking about, Hyder. So let's say that this is, and again, this is very time specific. So it's twenty twenty three. It's December. Um, recently in and we're both in the US right now, I'm assuming. I've never asked where you are. Canada, Toronto. Confusing, okay, so you're in, are you, I feel like you've told me this before, but are you Canadian Canadian? Oh yeah, you actually have asked me that before. Yeah, I just remember. Um, you are yeah, Canadian. my background, ethnic background, I was born in Toronto, but my parents come from Venice, from Northern okay. Italy, yeah. So, so let's say, we are in, so where you're on the North American continent and the, the Canadian government has had some things to do with what I'm about to bring up. But I guess recently there's been a lot of legislation being passed around the Senate and the House and the US regarding non-human intelligence and objects of the terms used are like exotic origin, non-earth origin, all sorts yeah. of words that... Yeah. Uh, 
that people who are in such uh, off this world places and uh, who are usually very off the world don't talk about these things. And we're living in a time where now people who are usually debating like how uh, like women's uteruses should be governed are now talking about disembodied intelligences and people from other planets and other dimensions. Yeah. So I guess how, what is going on there from a, just from an observer's point of view, like you as someone who's aware of things, when you see our supposed overlords discussing things like this, what are we to assume is like behind this? Well, I, again, it's it's not in the in the greater realm of things. It's nothing new. I mean, the discussions on on golems and 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 disembodied entities have gone on since since recorded time. Um, so that's not really new. And there has been legislation in the past in other societies. Um, in this particular time, I think there's a confluence of a different of a number of forces. Um, I think uh, we're, 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 we're talking about um, not only um, the government releasing documents on, on alien um, encounters, unidentified objects, uh, also discussions on artificial intelligence and, and whether it should be regulated and the laws and so forth. Um, I think it's all interrelated in the sense that we're ex the society is expanding its definitions in terms of uh, and scope of what is truth and what is possible in the realms of in the realms of truth so i think it's a good thing whether our overlords will get it right probably not but i mean it's a ladder it's it's a it's a starting point rather than an end point i guess um, my question to you is knowing let's say the the people listening to have a general understanding of how uh the western occultism and that knowledge was passed and which people were interested in it and which one of our uh, forefathers or founding fathers were interested in what i guess i'm wondering do you think that if on the surface of what is available to the public is these documents that imply uh that are the government that seems to be concerned with road making and uh, weapons proliferation is actually concerned with something much more nuanced and uh, highbrow or upper sphere than what we think they're actually thinking about. And when I talk about this, sometimes people think I'm talking about a conspiracy, but I'm simply talking about like certain geopolitical discussions with uh, world leaders or people who are decision makers are, we were not privy to them. And if we were, we'd be shocked. Some humans would be like, wait, is that how you decide things? I didn't know that's what your logic was. So I guess what I'm wondering is from a, from a, in terms of alchemical knowledge and hermetic knowledge, it seems like these people would be aware of more than just uh, the legislation that we are reading. So I'm confused on, I guess it's, it's interesting to think that the dialogue we are shared, uh, that's shared with us is like usually like left wing, right wing, 
like ideologies, arguing about very seemingly petty things. And then the yeah. back end is this legislation about intelligent beings that are not from Earth, that are, have made devices that we can't fathom. I don't fully understand, like, with, it, it seems to uh, favor your, everything you've said so far, that this isn't what it seems, like physical reality is not. Yeah, exact. no, I think, I think it's, it's very, um, there are multiple levels in terms of what they, what these overlords want to get out of it. Part of it, I think it's a harbinger that um, there's some tangible evidence in terms of um, e extraterrestrial encounters. So they're setting the ground for it. The other aspect, the more immediate is, is to build, is to um, form some, some, some type of, of consensus reality. So it's, it's it, we talked about earlier in terms of the collective consciousness, it's about molding that collective consciousness to the sort of like this next level where um, encounters with unidentified and non-terrestrial entities are gonna be, um, will happen. And so these overlords are, are setting the, the, the they're, they're, they're writing the narrative, they're building the context to introduce that. So it's about consensus reality in terms of they want society, they want to determine, write the story of how, of who these, who and what these entities are and how society, how the majority of people, at least in the Western hemisphere should respond to it. What are those indicators in terms of good and bad or indifferent? Um, and you brought up, you know, the, you know, the proliferation of, of war. So it's similar type of scenario in terms of how certain uh, governmental uh, international type of organizations have set up these axes of evil, how they created these consensus realities in, in pegging which countries should be considered allies, which ones are, are enemies and which ones are dangerous. It's a similar type of building a narrative of a, of a mental construct and, and disseminating that among the people. So they're building this sort of like this storyline uh, to eventually open up this new can of worms um, that um, I think it's gonna, it's, it, that will occur um, in, in the not too distant future. And do you think it's uh, just a coincidence that uh, the, the let's say the general narrative like let's say cnn fox news are talking about this kind of stuff and uaps and nhi and all these acronyms and at the same time they're talking about agi and artificial intelligence and its sentience and all these types of things is it a coincidence that we are reaching these two points at the same time like that there's physical non-human intelligence and created non-human intelligence. And yeah, no, I, I mentioned earlier, Hydra, I don't think it's coincidence. I think it's actually a convergence of different forces. And it's it's about what I just saying, it's laying the groundwork for this whole humanity to, to prepare itself to this new reality. It's sort of like, you know, Columbus 1492, discovering another continent. It's just going to be a similar type of groundbreaking, um, um, a, a groundbreaking of forces of of 
of impacts to the collective consciousness, uh, it's the, the magnitude is just going to be outstanding. It's going to be even bigger than you know the, the so-called discovery of America by Columbus. Um, and so the overlords are actually preparing the terrain for that. And this is sort of like the little bits of information. And AI will be part of it. Then AI will be one of the tools to be able to communicate, to come up with bridges to communicate with these extra, uh, wh however you want to define them. And, and since we've talked about things like um, golems, um, I was talking to someone uh, just on the last episode, actually, and, and she channels and is, it, it was a pretty just like casual discussion about multidimensionality and how it's, it's a part of regular life. So I guess while we were discussing uh, life, she mentioned that she, I said, how do you, what is AI? Like eventually, if someone creates something that seems alive enough and it is in a kind of container made of minerals and like an alchemical device of sorts, like a, a dream machine or whatever you want to call it, um, if those things seem to be a separate class of intelligence that we are potentially summoning as opposed to, I, I don't know, I just, I didn't know how you felt about that. And then when I was asking her about the nature of AI and if it could ever be alive or how she felt about that, she said that in a just one particular vision of the future that she had, the the AI, the this like non-human sentience was pretty mistreated and feeling a lot of suffering. And I guess I wanted to know if you feel like there is a potentiality that we could be, you, we can use the word summoning or bringing forth something that isn't just a, a large language model or um, like a, a program. Do you think that's possible or do you think that's just like a, a reach? Well, I don't know if, if there's a specific question with that, but let me, let me here's my take on this. I, I see, so as a hermeticist, you, as the Emerald Tablet says, as it is above, so it is below. So there's certain things occurring in this macrocosm. Um, and it's been going on for, for over 500 years when, you know, mankind discovered there was planets outside of, outside of Jupiter and Saturn, you know, the Uranus and Pluto and, and Neptune and so forth. So there, we're at, at this macrocosmic level, we are transitioning from this Piscean age to this Aquarian age. Now, and, and I'm using that not in astrological terms, but I'm, I'm using this as a construct to be able to put this into, into, the right, into the right context, is that this sort of development of expanding of consciousness at this macro level has been going on. So we're, we're Breaking away, breaking down the chains of these flat earth, you know, we're very limited and, you know, we're the center of the earth and so forth, where there's this much greater pace to change and the extent of change than what we could have imagined in the past. So what does that mean is these archetypes that we're tied to at this subconscious and unconscious level are breaking down. There are new, uh, these new, there is new 
archetypes, there are new clusters of forces that are coming into play. And AI and 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 you know at an astral level, these these UFOs and so forth are just all part of that. So it's all part of this expanding of of consciousness that's occurring at this macro level. And it's just like peeking through the clouds of our own little microcosm in terms of what's going on. So it's all interrelated in the sense that this expanding universe of consciousness is opening up to these new continents of, of truths, of thoughts, of visions, of relationships to, to elements of truth that we didn't have in the past. Does that make I, sense? Or yes. And it, no, no, no. That And it led me to really, I think it's a funny question to me, but let's say we're both using uh, chat GPT on a PC, like the same type of window, everything's the same. Is there a different way that, and I'll use this term, we'll use some a few terms. Is there some way that an urban magus slash alchemist slash um, understander of hermetic teachings or seeker, seeker. Would, they, would they operate the AI differently or interface with it differently? Is there a way you believe that a human right now could use AI in a way that's not compromising to their own neural development? That's, that's, their own soul? Man, that's, that's the question of this program. And my answer is this, Hyder, is no, the, the consciousness, your own individual consciousness remains the same no matter what, what domain you, you interact with. So whether it's in dreams, whether it's in hallucinations, whether it's in a, some sort of virtual environment, um, like, like some of these um, software programs that provide, whether it's with channeling extraterrestrial entities, your consciousness, your ownership of your consciousness does not change. It remains the same. Now, the, the relationships of things that you come into contact, they do change. So it is the magus. The, the, the mission of the magus is to have an atom, atom time, solid rock, core, soul of consciousness that can interact with all these various dimensions and still remain integral to its higher dimension. So what would that, so let's say I'm, I, I know this is a very, it's an interesting question. I feel like people are faced with this because it's tempting. Like my son is only 12 and he will use chat GPT from time to time for like, he's even like, he's making, he's crafting something and then he's making a video about it. And he's like, I want to write a script. I'm going to use chat GPT. I'm like, oh, that's, it's the goal is being accomplished, but I guess, do you think there are some, some things that a person could present to an AI tool that would be a thousand years ago, they're hearing a voice in a cave and the voice is seemingly helpful and knowledgeable. What can, what could AI be used for right now in your mind that could be, that's assistive to a human and can help instead of like dumbing them down so to speak like well i mean ai in its current form is not going to be the ai 20 years from now 
So right now it's very rudimentary. It's 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 a tool um, that um, is, is sort of it's 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 a tool that can get you what you want that in a much more efficient and effective way than what you could previously. Um, it's so, it's we're out really on the on the bridgehead of like using it for more innovative and exploratory means to expand expand our knowledge of things. But right the way it is right now in December 2023, it's not as groundbreaking as as the the uh, critics are, are, are those who are afraid of it are making it out to be not to say it won't so in terms of uh, I, I'm sorry what's your question in terms of giving direction to your son in terms of whether he could use it to write his 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 um his, his say, classroom assignment or something I don't no let's say uh in the case of someone who is doing a lot of writing for their work like this is like an adult who's employed or there's someone who's doing another job that now is being outsourced to a large degree to AI so like you said their work is being finished in a more efficient faster way freeing up time so from a uh, alchemical standpoint when this new time has been created with the use of the AI tool what is how how does someone integrate this sudden idea that hey my job is suddenly much easier and I have to work much less and I can either they're going to keep use, using the AI till eventually they're either completely replaced by it or there some change happens in the workplace so I guess I'm wondering do you think I mean, you've answered the question yourself? What it does is things that were intelligent based in the password of value have been commoditized. So um, you know, this this whole there's been a whole shift change in terms of what is actually considered smart and valuable. If it can be accomplished quicker, more efficiently and effectively by AI, then you're you're crap. You're shit out of luck in terms of that was your your source of income, your source of value. In terms of your as a lawyer, as a as a researcher, you're shit out of luck because all of a sudden the standards in terms of what you can provide a value that people will be paying for has become diminished. But it doesn't exclude, you know. I mean, currently, um, you know, with machine learning and the various algorithms. It's still based on a very much a, a matrix that re takes relative information and combines the two. It's when you're actually able to develop these algorithms to do future explorations that's not based on any past a configuration. And, and so when the rules of, of rationale and logic are overcome based on, on the capacity of using some of this, uh, of, of, of some of these tools, then that's opens up a whole different thing. But I mean, the world is, the universe is infinite. It's not in my understand, in my view of things, it's not finite. So there'll always be a place for creativity and innovation that these tools can't touch into. And I know myself, when I do my writing, I'm using, um, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm using AI chat gpt not so much for idea generation but to fact checking i'm using it for 
more mundane things and that it took me time before to to open up go to the library and open up books and so forth but in terms of the creativity when i when i try it it comes up pretty lame so that's why i'm saying the artificial intelligence today is not from from my perspective as a writer as a as a as a catalyst of ideas it's not so much something to worry about but maybe in 25 years it'll make all of us you know irrelevant because we can't compete in terms of the level of knowledge the level of discourse that they, that they that potentially they can develop but i got a feeling that we can we'll we'll create our own niches uh, you know individuals those seekers those who have, have developed their own internal light bulb I don't have, I don't feel worried. I don't feel um, intimidated. I don't feel uh, at risk uh, because of that. I think there's something special about us that, that um, unique about us that, um, that I don't feel that it, I should be, I should be intimidated in any, in any way at this point. And it could be, it could be, um, you know, foolish statement to say. I don't think it will, though. I just think our capacity as humans, as the brain capacity, mind capacity, the you, the, you talked about earlier, it's all interconnected in terms of opening up new realms. Um, I think that our ability to adapt, our ability to, to understand what is real and what has been constructed from other means, um, will separate us in terms of th there'll be other forms of intelligence that maybe surpass our own that will be developed on its own path, but the human um, will will still have uh, value and still have a, a mission to partake. Uh, at least I see in the next fifty to hundred years. And when you say the, so I personally am I lean towards your side of thinking that there is intrinsic value in humanity, like we want. But I guess I have to, I've been ignoring this for a long time, but I guess I don't really talk about transhumanism or anything like that, but it seems like there is a slight, uh, there's a pivot in, uh, in the general narrative of even, let's look at uh, health and wellness in general or the medical industry in like increasing the length of life, like uh, destroying aging, like like there are people who claim that aging is literally stoppable right now. Like yeah. we are. No, all those, those parameters will change. They will become modified. Um, and, and there are in, inherent risks and dangers associated with that. Um, the population explosion, it's the same thing. Um, but in terms of, the, the fear mongering that um, certain segments of society have in terms of how AI will take over and its effect and, and, and how it will diminish the quality of life for individuals. I don't buy that for the reasons that I've tried to explain. I think there are different pathways um, between machine developed learning and, and, and evolution versus human-based development and evolution. And some of the transhumanism where the two are merging, I think it diminishes the, the, the human. I think you will develop these type of hybrids. Again, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, the, back in ancient Greek and, and, and 
in ancient mythologies, they talked about, um, you know, satyrs and they talked about centaurs, these hybrids between, um, you know, various monstrous or very different type of entities in humans. So, and, you know, it's, it's all, there's really nothing new under the sun. It's just all part of this, this great um, macro level swerve of change that's, that's, as we're leaving this much more static universe that we lived in this Piscean age. And I'm not so much a proponent of, of astrology, but it's a convenient way to, to construct, to, to discuss a certain age and its characteristics with this new age that we're moving into, where a lot of these foundational components have been superseded. The, when you said, um, and this is interesting because I don't know if how you feel about this. It seems like um, let's say we refer to the emerald tablets or anything of like that. Um, it seems like there was a time when society may have been cyclically at a higher developed point than we are right now. Like it seems like the people that the hermetic teachings come from knew more than and that's subjective obviously but seem to know something that has been forgotten right now or the society they lived in seemed to be different than today so i guess i i'm wondering do you think like i guess the thing that came to mind when you said uh, this has all happened before was paracelsus and like the homunculus thing like that i i was just thinking exactly like, that's a great example yeah um yeah, I mean, the, the cyclical view of society, of time, um, again, it's not just only in the Western, in the Greco-Roman with the four ages. It, Hesiod wrote about it in the, in, in the Theogony, um, in the, 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 the whole, in, in Hindu philosophy, the, the, the whole concept of the various yugas, um, in terms of, you know, we, we know even in our own uh, time, in terms of how we measure time, it goes in circles. It's not a linear development. Um, it's so, and one, that's just one view or one way to view, to construct reality is through this cyclical time. I don't believe anything is the same. I don't, in, in terms of, but I do think there are patterns. I think it's sort of like, um, you know, when you look at, the earth at a certain level, it it has a certain structure to it. And when you get closer to the earth, you see the much the, the differences and nuances where there were at a certain level, things look homogenous at, at another level, they look very different. So I think it's the same thing when we're, what we're talking about now is that time is cyclical, but time in itself is is relative. It's relative to the view of the viewer. And I think truth is relative as well. It doesn't, there is no absolutes to truth. It's, it's relativized in terms of various, various interpretations of the truth. Um, so I think in terms, we're having a philosophical discussion uh, in terms of, you know, the, this whole things about, you know, these aliens and so forth, they, they, they have been around. It's just, they were in, in terms, there's nothing new in terms of, uh, human understanding that there are various configurations 
in terms of how life forms can take place and have taken place and have formed. Um, so that's something not new in terms of what we, we are to expect moving forward. I think that is going to be new because it's something in our recent history we, jump, we can't have terms to reference against. Um, but there are, it seems, the signs that are appearing, the augers, that there's going to be some sort of like um, cosmic shift in terms of our understanding of life forms, that the human form of life, of intelligence, it may not be the most advanced in, in the universe. So I think some of these signs are leading towards that. Um, and um, we, we have to, as conscient individuals call us megas magi call us seekers call us just people of conscience we have to be able to adapt to that or else we'll get swept away and i think that being an urban magus is that you're much more prepared to that because of your internal training because of your um understanding of the various dynamics that go on in this multi-contextualized universe that, that we're we're bombarded with. So let's say someone is they feel called or they're like, oh, or urban magus, magi and magic. This sounds this sounds good, but and they're like, Dave, life is very confusing. Like I see what you're saying. It's not what it seems like, but also my job doesn't make sense. Also, I have to pay taxes. Also, I'm not supporting some kind of this war that's going on. Just let's say people are saying all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and those are, as, as a man of conscience or woman of conscience, the questions you should be asking and not think there's some sort of cognitive dissidence going on. It's all the stuff that's going around you that is actually coming spit out from inside of you. So there's this whole um, karmic um, repository within us that spits us outside. So what we are experiencing isn't in fact external things, it's actually things that are going on inside of us that are projecting in front of us and that we need to relate to. So we need to come to terms with all this stuff. Um, so what uh, hermeticism is, is that Magus helps you to do is to develop strategies to put this into the big picture, but also tactics like a chessman to be able to navigate through each of these dilemmas and challenges that you have in your life by, be, by leaning on the big picture and using it to, to help you to, to go past some of these hurdles at a very tactical uh, mundane level. So, um, let's assume, that makes sense? Yes, and let's assume that from uh like it's a obviously i'm painting a silly picture but it's a dark stormy night and it could be a thousand years ago and it could be tonight but you're there and someone stumbles to you and they're just disheveled and they're covered they're like oh my god i don't know what to do like i wake up in the morning feeling completely confused and yet i feel drawn to not i'm just saying someone's telling you this and they're like i'm drawn to hermetic teachings and i watch these instagram videos and i saw this on tiktok but what can i do like what is how can i start which book should i get and if you were like a priest or a like belong to a specific religion you would say oh read this one start here 
come to this practice yeah. every day. So how would um, what advice yeah would you I'm, I'm not in terms of advice um I, I can base on my experience. I wasn't one who I always say I make I make a terrible I've always been a shitty disciple. Uh, I think that's just my character, uh, my the way I'm wired. That that's that whole karmic component. And there's 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 a positive and a negative to that. And and I'm not putting anything down. And again, I think it all comes down to you 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 need to do that self discovery. I can I can say you know you should start out with reading the Corpus Hermeticum or you know you read the Emerald Tablet and try to make sense and you know write essays on it but you know what for some people then they're, they're not wired to that and I'm cool to that there's not one model uh, one formula to make it as as in this life it's it's sort of like if your if your path is we talked about previous I think in terms of the wet the wet way and the and the dry way. If you're if you're a guy who's a guy or gal about you know go things bang on, then then you do that. Um, you know, but just be prepared. There there are consequences. However, if you're much more meticulous, you're much more studious. There are other ways of doing it as well. So I I, I very hesitate to give like these broad general things. You should be reading this. Should be that. And really, you need a relationship and understand someone. And you have the best intentions in mind is to say, you know, I think this path is best suited for you. Others, you know, don't read any books. The book of life is the most uh, informed and intelligent um, artifact that you should get your hands on. And, and then if someone heard this and they're like, okay, so I, I see there's no specific advice, but in general, I should seek out some kind of solution to my inner like chaos then there's a secondary voice that pops up and says but why like why what is the point of solving or knowing yourself because you act the point is actually to progress in a career and achieve these milestones and this self-exploration doesn't have a clear uh, tangible reward that we can yeah. tell someone about and for some people, that's a dilemma, and they, 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 they actually drown in that in that um, in that body of water. My sense is, um, it's not so much about the information as about the meta information, the metadata. So those principles and values, those supersede any specific information or any specific teaching, and. Um, that as a someone who's followed the hermetic path is what I've gathered the most of is understanding those seven principles of hermeticism, seven forms of intelligence in terms of justice, in terms of truth, in terms of beauty, all those type of things and how they play out, those principles play out in values. Um, uh, I think having a very strong ethical construct uh, uh, when I say that is, is promoting virtue and, um, uh, avoiding vice are, are good lessons to learn, but there are, there are people on the left-hand path who have been successful. Um, you know, our society is full of these politicians and entrepreneurs who've made, who've profited from vice. So it's really understanding yourself and, in, you know, the 15 year old who comes to you and goes, you know, I'm 15 years old, I don't have the life experience to be able to make those judgments. 
you know, one one of me, one side of me says, you know, so sad, too too bad, so sad. That's part of why you're here is to is to is to is to to find those things or, or is is to go on that path is 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 to you know to crawl up crawl up that mountain to, so you're able to 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 come to that realization rather than asking for handouts. But the other side of me can say, you know, find find people that you admire as models and and learn from them until a certain point that the the chrysalis takes the form of a butterfly and flies away on their own. So um, that's how I would respond to someone if they asked me that question. I, f I feel like today, even though we started late, I feel like the, I'm, I have to say it out loud because I've been thinking about it a lot and the, the authenticity thing, I feel so satisfied and it's funny to feel satisfied from a conversation I, because I feel like a lot of, like, say, if we were, we were talking about the urban magus in this context, a lot of people don't like um, contextualizing it with things like, I don't know, like scrolling on your phone or chat GPT. And I feel like we're really getting to a place where it's it's apparent that it all has to coexist. It like is. And, and that's what I like about your podcast over the others is, is your, I think you talked about it earlier in a, in a conversation, in a email exchange where you have this wandering style, because that to me is a greater reflection of life than this very structured linear, ask me the questions and I give you the same question, the same answers. And it's all textbook stuff but it doesn't resonate. Real life is sort of what we're doing. Talking about aliens, we're talking about, you know, artificial intelligence, we're talking about homocalyses, we're talking about golems. It's all part and parcel. Talking about, you know, recommendations to your 12 year old son and, and you know, whether you, that's all, that to me is a reflection of life. So it, it resonates more and how, um, you know, putting is, is how you come up to it on the spot, how you respond to it. Uh, how you bring context and meaning to it, that's to me is where the magic becomes. That's the real magus in it. It's not the, the pat answers. It's not the stuff you read in some book and you want to sound smart. That's, you know, that that's at a very pedestrian level. Again, with chat GPP, that stuff is commoditized. The guy who just spits out these one, you know, one sentence phrases, these buzzwords, that's not going to be value anymore. You're going to be able to be spontaneous. You're going to be you know, ingrained in this in the problem to 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 come up with the the valuable solution, and that's I think what we're doing here. Yeah, that's I, I guess I'll I feel like this is a good place to wrap up, but I'll I'd like to ask since of course this is a a preferably deep dive into the subjects we talk about, but also it is a chronicle of the time we've spent together and that you're a human who's alive right now. So what would the what does the rest of your evening look like? Are, are you are you playing some nighttime golf? What's going on? I don't no, know. no definitely that. not nighttime golf. Um, I just gonna I'm gonna go order a pizza and go pick it up and do some writing. Okay, and I feel like there's now this is a more specific question. What kind of pizza is it? Ah, that's a question. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know a lot. I'm thinking of maybe like anchovies, uh, red peppers, and mushrooms. Have I haven't had anchovies in a while on pizza? I started doing that because of the Ninja Turtles, and people think it's like I'm like, no, that is literally why I eat anchovies on pizza because I watched the Ninja Turtles when I was a child, and that's how they eat pizza. So that yeah, that's the your. Well, I mean, whatever works for me. For me, it's the it's that like variety of flavors. So the anchovy has that very, you know, spicy, stark flavor to it. The mushrooms are more bland, but um, there's a sweetness, there's an earthiness to it. The red peppers, you know, have all that uh, like all that kind of great flavor to it. It has that like sharpness to it. So when you combine them together and, you know, with the, the, the sauce and, and the cheese and, and the dough, it really makes for a really interesting flavor tasting on your palate. I, I feel like I just heard like an alchemist talk about pizza for the first time in my life. And awesome. I felt it. I felt I was like, oh, that's that's something else going on. That's a you're experiencing the pizza in a different way than that's that's all part of it so like we said bring it back to the circle and sort of like you know you take all these elements and rather than you let society say you know should you should do this is that you need as with your light bulb your your inner sense of meaning is to understand why you why you make choices why you like something why you don't like it in the end magus's tools are working with sympathies and antipathies and sympathies is you bring things that you want and antipathies you deflect the things that you don't want. That is in a nutshell what the forces that Magus uses is the ones of attraction and one of distraction. And this whether was, it's something at pizza I'm, or whether to use a, you know chat GPT or, or any of that stuff, it all comes down to that, that, that question in terms of do, do I want to attract those things or do I want to repel those things? I want I, this outcome and I don't want that outcome. Those are the forces. So some use eros, some use intelligence, some use different type of forces, but it all comes down to that that same um, web of, 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 of choices that you want to do. You want to receive something or you want to distract, you, you want to avoid something. Um, this was a great, I'm so glad we did this. I'm also so glad that because at first we had to be limited to an hour and I freaked out. So like, there's no way we wouldn't have gotten to the pizza if we had only talked. We, we would have missed the best part. Exactly, man. Thank <laughs> you so much. This was great. Thanks, Hyder. Okay. Again, I always have to say I'm going to press stop recording because literally I feel like Zoom changes its interface, whatever computer I'm on. So then I have to look for the stop recording button. Like, why? Okay, pause, stop recording. Glorious. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, man. Have a great Sunday evening, buddy. Talk soon. Thank Bye. You. Bye. It's not going to stop. <laughs>